This is the How'd You Get Into That Podcast with Grant Baldwin, episode 33. Here we go. Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That Podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. What's up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How'd You Get Into That. My name is Grant, and uh, great to have you with us today. Hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. Did you have fun? Did you do anything exciting? Email me. Tell me about it. Tweet me. Use the tweeter. Tweet me at, at Grant Baldwin, and uh, let me know what you did. I always like to hear from you, and hope you had a great time. Uh, as we begin to kind of turn the page from summer, I miss summer already, but uh, as fall begins to descend upon us, I uh, hope life is treating you well. Just hope uh, hope you're at a good spot. If you're not, that's all right. Hopefully this interview today, this uh, episode will help pick up your spirit, pick up your soul perhaps. So glad to have you here with us. Hey, I want to give a quick shout out to our uh, sponsor for today's episode, 99designs. If you have not checked them out, make sure that you go by. You just stop by 99designs.com slash grant. You can get a design you love, professional, high quality results, exciting, fast, affordable, uh, lots of designers. To, that will compete to deliver you the best possible design. And the best part is it's a 100% money-back guarantee. I've used this service before, so if you're looking to have uh, anything like a logo, website, T-shirt, car rep, whatever it may be that designed, make sure you stop by and you check them out. 100% money-back guarantee. You got nothing to lose there. So again, swing by, check that out, 99designs.com slash grant. Uh, also, one other thing I wanted to mention to you is Next week, next Wednesday, September the 10th, 2014, if you're listening to this way off into the future, uh, we're doing a, a free webinar, just a Q&A webinar. So stick around after the, uh, the interview with today's guest, and I will tell you more about that. So again, September the 10th, you want to mark your calendar for that. All right, today we've got a great guest. We've got my friend Pat Flynn. And uh, if you are in the, uh, the online business world at all, then you're probably very familiar with Pat. Pat is a guy who is uh, definitely an industry leader, uh, a blogger, a podcaster, and uh, just a, a really genuinely good dude. So uh, excited to have Pat on the show today. He runs a website called smartpassiveincome.com. Also has a podcast called uh, Smart Passive Income, as well as a, uh, a podcast called Ask Pat, where he just takes questions from people uh, all over the world about business and yeah, that kind of fun stuff. So really good interview. Lots of good stuff today. Uh, excited to share Pat's story, his journey, lessons he's learned along the way. So let's do this. Here's Pat. Enjoy. All right, what's up? Welcome to another episode of How'd You Get Into That? Today, I am joined by Dr. Patrick Bartholomew Flynn III. What's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> what's up? That's not my real name, but I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm not a third, but I am just really happy to be here. Uh, cool. Thanks for having me, Grant. Thanks, man. I appreciate you hanging out <laughs> with us today and uh, letting me mix up your name like that. So, so for, I mean, most people that may be listening to this are probably familiar with you and your story and your journey, but for someone that may not be familiar with you or, or what it is that you do, give us a, a snapshot of your business. Sure. I mean, right now, I'm involved in a lot of different things from software, um, you know, including, you know, SaaS programs, you know, software as a service stuff online, iPhone applications, but I also have a lot of websites that people know me from smartpassiveincome.com is my main site where I talk about online business and talk about a lot of the experiments I've run and all these other businesses that I have. I have some niche sites in the security guard training industry in the food truck industry. I've done just, you know, my main site, though, which I'll talk about now, because it's kind of was my origin story for, for getting online and doing what I do now was going back in time, taking taking the DeLorean back into time, you know, back when I was working in architecture. I actually graduated from Cal with a degree in architecture. It's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I was ready and devoted to the industry, ready to dedicate 40 years of my life, eventually open up my own practice, hopefully by the age of 50, and then retire at 65. You know, the whole, everything was laid out for me. I was 
you know, very calculated with how much I was contributing to my 401k so I'd have enough to live off of after I retired, like that whole thing. I was ready and set to go. And uh, that was all good until the summer of 2008, actually, just a few months after I proposed to my girlfriend and she said, yes, I got noticed from the firm I was working at that I was going to get laid off in a few months. And uh, that sucked at the time. At the time. At the time, yeah, it was it was like getting punched in the stomach a, a few times and not, not having any air to breathe in, and just it was it was a terrible time. I didn't know what I was going to do because I didn't have a plan B. I thought I had the most secure job in the world, and I did what I could to secure it. I was working my butt off to do more than I was asked of, more than my job description, and I was getting rewarded for it. And then all of a sudden, I get sort of kicked to the curb there. And I know it wasn't anybody's fault. You know, it's just the economy, and maybe it was just myself not really even realizing that there was a chance that I could get laid off. And you know, I got angry though. I got angry at my boss and myself and I felt like a disappointment I was scared about what my parents were going to say because they had paid for college the whole time and you know my dad's piece of advice after I got laid off was you know just go back to school you know it's okay if this stuff happens we'll get out of it go back to school get your master's you'll come out and you'll be um, even better off than you were now and I was like man you're always right dad and, and the <laughs> thing is he was always right and I knew he was right but I just it didn't feel right to me something about doing everything right and still getting let go just didn't didn't feel right to me and, and eventually after some time and after a lot of support from my fiance I understood that I had to take control of my own destiny I actually had to do stuff on my own and that's actually when I got really excited about exploring what other options were out there for me and I discovered this podcast called internet business mastery and I got really excited about doing business online and seeing what I could do there and I discovered one of their podcasts where there was a guy named Cornelius Fitchner who was talking about his story about how he got started on online and making six figures teaching people how to pass the project management exam. And that's when a light bulb went off for me because when I was still working in architecture, I actually worked really hard to pass an exam called the LEAD exam, which stands for Leadership and Energy and Environmental Design, L-E-E-D. And to help me pass that exam, because it was so hard, I actually created a website, a blog to keep track of all my notes and, you know, just share that with, with my coworkers, and that's it. And I ended up passing that exam and just letting the site sit there. I didn't have any need for it anymore. It did its job. And then I got promoted, and then I got the notice I was going to get laid off. But, you know, after I heard this interview, I was like, wow, maybe I could do that with the site that I have already. And so the first thing I did was I put a an analytical tool on the site to sort of get ready for the traffic that, you know, I was supposedly going to get. And I didn't know what I was doing or how I was going to do it. I just knew that I needed to start start to keep track of all that. And then the next day when the first sort of day of analytics registered, my mind, like, I just couldn't believe what I saw in the analytics. Thousands of people from like 40 different countries were already visiting my site. That had been up for about a year at this point, but I had no idea that this many people were visiting my site every single day. And then I opened up the comments and I was like, just, hey, can I help you guys pass this exam? And everybody started asking me questions and they all considered me this sort of expert. And I went on to some forums related to architecture and I started answering people's questions and talking about my website, not being pitchy about it or, you know, I didn't have anything to sell at the time, but everybody was like, wow, Pat Flynn is like the lead guy. If you have any questions, go to him and here's his website. He has some great stuff. And then all of a sudden I got really interested in what the possibilities were. And the first thing I did was I added some AdSense ads on the site, which is just some code you could put on the site to have Google put some ads in there for you based on advertisers who pay for sites related to your content. And then I remember making like, you know, within 15 minutes after doing that, I made a dollar 18. Boom. And it was the best feeling in the world. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I actually did it. Like I, it's just like this thing online that you can't even touch and feel. And all of a sudden I have a dollar 18 and then the money started, you know, increasing, you know, to eventually it got to a point where I was making like 30 or 40 bucks a day. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. But that's, I can't live off of that right now. What else can I do? Mind you, I was still working in architecture 
at the architecture firm at the time, but you know, every day that was going by, I saw my the inevitable end. And sort of at the end, I was really happy because at, by that point, you know, I connected with a bunch of people who were in the San Diego area, which is where I live, and who were doing online business themselves and who were much more successful than me. But I met with them in person. I got out of, out of my comfort zone because it was really scary for me. I didn't know what I was talking about. I didn't know if I had anything to offer them. But I talked about what I had going on, and they were like, dude, you should create a product. And I'm like, okay, how do I do that? And they're like, write an ebook. I'm like, what's an ebook? I, I have like no idea what to yeah. do. But they gave me some great advice and guidance. And you know, I essentially took a lot of the content that was already on my site and added a lot more to it to basically be the guy that I wish I had when I first started. And that was like an 80 to 90 page book with bonuses and exercises. And I sold that in October of 2008. And that month, I made $7,908.55 from selling a $19.99 ebook. And it just completely changed my life. It completely changed my view of people who do business online. Because my initial thoughts were, you know, it's kind of cool, but most of what I saw online was just like, hey, like, you can be rich if you buy this thing and, you know, buy tomorrow. Right. And I was always like, kind of had this icky feeling, but here I was put into it almost accidentally. And not only was I making money from what I was doing and providing value to people, being able to help them pass this exam, but I was getting literally like incredible thank you notes from people from the stuff I had created. And it's funny because a lot of people who actually bought that book when I put it on the website had already passed the exam. They were just very thankful that they finally had a way to pay me back. That's what they said. I was like, wow, this is incredible. And this taught me the business model that I use today in all of my businesses, which is to just do what I can to best serve my audience. The more I can serve everybody out there, the more rewards come my way. It's not always yeah. direct in terms of money. It's not always right away, but it always comes back to you. The more you can help out, the more it comes back to you. No, and when you think about it, nobody's ever gotten poor by giving. Sure. You know, so it's it, it's the business model that I've adapted. And you know, ever since that success, and I just wanted to share what happened because it was just such a blessing. And that's where smart passive income comes from. Uh, I created that site just to talk about that whole thing. That's all I was talking about at first was just how I created that, everything I did, everything I was learning and wish I had done better. And then I started to create new businesses down the road. That's where a lot of these other businesses came from that I talked about. I just created them publicly on the site and talked about how they went. And I talk about what works and what doesn't. And, you know, it's all free. And it's just I've grown in this space now to become a sort of leader in the spaces, in, in the transparent authenticity movement of online business. And you know, that wasn't the plan. And I wasn't even ever considering to make money from this site. I just wanted to share because I was making all this great money from the other site up to $30,000 a month, actually, after I started adding more products. And um, now Smart Passive Income has been generating an income for me through product selling and affiliate marketing. But even more than that, and more impressive in my own eyes is, is like public speaking, like I'm getting paid to do keynote speeches now. And a few years back, if you asked me to do that, you, you, there would be no amount of money you could pay me to do that because I was just deathly afraid of getting on stage. And so now I am not just a blogger, but I have a podcast as well. My podcast, the Smart Passive Income Podcast, is approaching 10 million downloads now, which is just insane to me. Yeah, Like, it's just insane. And then I have another podcast called Ask Pat, which answers people's questions, uh, voicemail questions five days a week. And that has grown to about 1.7 million downloads in just about five months. It's been live. And I am just... It's so funny. I mean, I'm sorry. Every time I tell this story, I just rethink over the whole journey and just can't believe that it's happened. But I'm so thankful. And, um, you know, it's so cool that I can share all of this along the way with people. And I brought people along with me. I mean, not not only am I just telling people what 
you know, I do and what works and what doesn't. But a lot of people are taking my advice and using it and creating new lives for themselves too, from, you know, just small side incomes because they like their job and they're, they're busy. But a lot of people have quit their jobs. And, and, and what's most important to me is, is the whole family aspect and being able to do things that sometimes we forget how important they are. So for me, I'm just very blessed most of all for having the time and, and the ability to work at home and be here with my kids. You know, yeah. my kids are one in four and I've just been there for all of their first. Like I'm definitely a family man at heart and I respect people who do what they can to spend more time with their, their families. Well, and I'm just so blessed that I can give people that option with what yeah. I do. And so now I'm here on your show and this is so cool and congrats to you and all your success with your podcast as well. I'm just, you know, so I'm, I'm happy to be here and help answer any questions that you have. And for anybody out there listening, I just thank you so much for taking the time. Cool, man. Well, you, you covered a lot of ground there. So Sorry, I just uh, had a coffee, so I just had... No, like, you're feeling good. You're feeling energy. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good. All right, let's 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 backtrack a little bit. Yeah, I know you meant you're in uh, San Diego now. Are you born and raised there? Lived there your whole life? Actually, I was born in Connecticut. A okay. lot of people actually don't know that because I don't talk about it very much, but I moved to San Diego for third grade, and I've been here ever since except for when I went up to the Berkeley area in Northern California in the Bay Area for school, and then did, I came back, back down after. Where did the interest in architecture come from? It just came from a life of Lego building and Lincoln Logs and that whole thing. And it just, you know, going into college, most of my friends were into biology and science type stuff and engineering. And I was like, you know, I wanted to be different, but I also knew that I had a creative side and I knew that I could hopefully serve the world creatively through architecture. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wanted to serve an industry that sort of was underappreciated at the time. I think it's important too to pay attention to like those interests when we're kids of what we're into and drawn to and what are we like just naturally good at. And uh, I know for myself, I went through an architecture phase where I was, me and my brother were hardcore into Legos and just building anything and everything, you know, just like the normal little boy stuff. Yeah. And and even I remember like in junior high, like we were really into SimCity. You remember that game? You played SimCity. Oh, dude, I played SimCity, Sim Tower, Sim go. Yes. Farm, Sim. Oh, those were great. Sold school. And so I remember I went through a phase where I was like, well, I'm really good at SimCity. So that's got to just translate into being like a city planner. So I did like a job shadow in eighth grade with a city planner. And yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I literally, I told the guys like, well, I'm really good at SimCity, this computer game. So therefore I figure it's pretty much the same idea in real life. And he's like, not exactly, you know, but it's cool. Like it's always interesting to me, like how those little, those interests as kids just translate uh, just throughout our life, you know, and it's just so much more than just a little kid playing with toys. And I think, you know, you and I today as dads, we look at our own kids and go on, what are they drawn toward? What are they good at? What are they interested in? What's catching their attention? And I wonder how that'll play out long term. So, so you're interested in the architecture. You're headed down that path. Was it even as the way you kind of phrased it, you said, I'm going to be on this track for 20, 30, 40 years and maybe 50 years old before I own my own deal or have my own firm. Was that ever alarming to you? Like I got to put in 30 plus years or so before I'm even like at the top of my game or just kind of figured that's ah, just part of it and you just kind of settle in for the journey? No, I just figured that's what is sort of traditional in that particular industry. You know, you, you got to put in the time and, you know, it's a very technical industry. I mean, it's more creative than is technical. I mean, there are battles between engineers and architects often, but, you know, people who are creating buildings have to have people's safety in mind. You can't just put up a building and expect it to, you know, meet all the code requirements and stuff. It takes a lot of time to be able to understand everything that there needs to, that one needs to understand to be a good architect. And so I knew I had to put in the time, but I, I was envisioning that at the age of around 50, I would be the owner of one of the top firms in California. That was my dream. Yeah. And, you know, I was headed there. I was totally headed there. I was excited and, and I couldn't wait for the future. And then all, like I was saying earlier, it just kind of, er, stop. 
time to reconsider what my life plan was. So you're uh, you're laid off. You go back to the uh, the new fiance, and what what's running through your head at that point? Oh gosh, that day. Yeah, I just remember everything about that day. I mean, the moment that my boss told me, you know, I just couldn't believe it. Like I felt like I got sucker punched, and you know, I just kind of wanted to leave just the the office then like they gave like it was sort of fortunate that they were like we're gonna let you go in three months because i was just promoted to job captain so i had some responsibilities to clients so that you know they couldn't just let me go right away um so i had some time but at, you know it was kind of bad too because every time i came in i'm like well, why am i here you know and so yeah. that gave me time to reflect and think but i remember that day specific, specifically i went home and or i went back to my apartment in april my wife then my fiance would come over every day around five after her office hours were done and uh, that that day, I just opened the, or the door when she rang the doorbell and I was like bawling and I was like just so worried about what she was going to say. You know, all the worst things going through my head. That's how sure. we are as humans. Like just we think the worst things possible. And I remember her saying to me, you know, it, we're going to be OK. We're going to be OK. And that alone is just so helpful. And that's why I love her so much. She's always been there to support me and has always believed in me and my capabilities. And, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who doesn't like to fail. It's interesting because now as an entrepreneur, I, I actually do like to fail because that that means I know that I'm not doing things right and I can move to, to the right path. But anyway, back then I was just like so distraught and just depressed. But, um, you know, after the support from, from my wife and getting sort of indirect support from everybody else out there who was sharing their success stories, uh, it, it actually worked out. And now I look back at my layoff and it was actually the best thing that ever happened. Right. And obviously, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, and now it's like, man, that was great. But in the moment though, you're just like, what do I do now? Are you, I assume it, you know, it takes you a couple of days to regroup or just kind of get your head back in the game. Are you just mm-hmm. thinking, well, I'll just go find a new firm or what are you thinking at that point is your next step? <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned that that day, you know, before I went home and talked to April, I went back to my desk. This is immediately after my boss told me the, the bad news and or the good news now, but I went back to my desk and I called every firm that I had ever worked with anybody who I knew who was working at another architecture firm in that area, just to see if anything was open. I called every structural engineer, every plumbing contractor that we worked with, just to see if there was anything open. It was sort of like a last minute desperation call, you know, and I even got to the point where I called a couple and I was just like, I please, I will be your administrator. I will just push papers for you. I just need something because I felt like I was failing and I just needed to hang on to what I was comfortable with, you know, which is anything in that industry. So you're you're calling around. What kind of response are you getting? Are you getting any feedback or any bites at all? Oh, no, no. Everybody was laying off everybody at the time. I mean, the economy at that time was just terrible. Nobody was investing in any properties. Nobody was building anything. So nobody needed anybody to help build those things. Yeah. And so everybody was just letting go of everybody but their top people at the time. And, you know, I thought that there was a chance that I would be considered as one of the top people. And And, and you know, they told me, they said, Pat, you're one of the youngest, brightest guys we know comma. Unfortunately, we have to let you go. So I did all I could. I did all I could. And, you know, I I finally realized after a couple days that getting angry about it, just trying to blame somebody for it wasn't helping me move forward. It was just holding me back from trying to figure out what else was out there. And uh, that's when I was looking for what else was out there. You know, school was an option. And and, and that was the hard part for me was, you know, I and my whole life path at that point was sort of based off of my dad's. You know, he worked at the same company uh, for 40 years and then retired. He was able to support us and, and, you know, all the way through and pay for my college and stuff. And I was so thankful for that. I wanted that for my kids too. And I, that's the way I knew how to do it. And, um, again, it just kind of got, you know, pushed aside for a while. Did it ever even cross your mind to look in any other industries? No, no, I was just, you know, architecture all or nothing. And, uh, luckily I had 
during that time within that, that buffer period before I was let go, you know, I actually moved back to San Diego. I was in Irvine at the time, actually. So I was in, I was at Cal and working there. And then I was working on some projects. They needed me to, to work on them in Irvine and, uh, in their sister office. And I was, I was living there for about a year. And then when I got the news, I actually moved back to San Diego to move back in with my parents, which was kind of interesting. And April moved back in with her parents too. We were just saving up as much money as we could for our wedding, which was in, in a number of months from that point. And then I was taking the train every day because that was cheaper than driving at the time. Gas at the time was like $4.50 uh, in, the, in the area and uh, per gallon. And so I was taking the train every day, which gave me time. And at first I was like listening to music and you know that was okay and then i specifically remember sitting there on the train you know going up the coast and you know it would make stops along the way to irvine and every stop these people would come in with their fancy business suits and their suitcases and they'd break out their laptops and start working on the train and i'd be so jealous of each and every one of them i'm like you're so lucky that you still have your job and then all of a sudden that's when i discovered podcasts and i started listening to podcasts on that train ride and then that's when I discovered it at Business Mastery. Then I got the idea to perhaps try something online related to architecture. And um, you know, I'm very lucky that I had all that traffic coming to the site already. Uh, and that taught me a lot about you know why it worked. It was just because I had put everything online and I, I, I just catered to what everybody was searching for already. And by the time I mustered up all the courage and got the help to write an ebook, it, it it sold kind of on its own from that point. So that first month that you put the ebook online and it sells seven thousand plus, are you thinking this is just a, a one time fluke, or are you thinking like, no, no, I've got something here. Like I really, I see a possible path I could go down now. Well, both. I feel like there were sort of two people on one on each shoulder telling me both of those things. One saying this isn't going to work oh, you got a sale, good job, there's going to be no more. Like that would always happen. I remember my very first sale, actually, I put the book up online and I didn't have an email list. I didn't know to do that. I didn't know how to launch anything. I just was like, I put a banner on the site, a graphic I created on in Photoshop. Luckily, I had Photoshop experience. And I was like, new study guide, 1999. Like I didn't know what to say or anything about copywriting, but I put it up there and it was like two or three in the morning and I had to wake up two hours later to then take the train when I woke up in the morning, I checked for sales. Like, you know, we go to, whenever you put anything online, you're like, yo, how, how did I do? No sales. I take the train, go to my office, check the computer, no sales. And then all of a sudden at around 8.30 or 9 o'clock, a notification from PayPal with the first sale. And I just could not believe it. Like, it actually worked. I had to go outside to take a breather because it was just so incredible. And then when I came back, there was a second sale. I had made a sale while taking a walk outside. And that's where the whole passive thing comes from. You know, you set up these businesses and systems to work for you instead of you working in your business, your business is working for you. So, you know, people can come to the site and buy a book and, you know, everything's handled electronically and automatically using the different services I use to deliver the book, to capture the payments and all that stuff. But then I remember after those first two, like two hours went by and I didn't get another sale. And then I started to doubt myself again. And then I started to wonder whether I was going to get an email from those customers saying, this book is crap. Like, I can't believe you sold this stuff. Like, who are you to start selling this information? We're always our worst own enemy. Right. That's what I've learned over time. But those emails didn't come. And, you know, I've, uh, t to date, I've sold, you know, nearly 20,000 copies of that ebook. And uh, it's just 
still moving forward and going going very well. It's, it reminds me so much of uh, in episode twenty. We talked to Jen and Omar, who uh, make maps uh, from thesearethings.com, and and they printed a map for themselves, and then the, for the print run, they had to print a total of fifty. So they've got forty nine extra maps that they really don't need. So they they literally put them on sale on Sunday night and Monday morning. They all sold out, it's and so it was cool. just like this unique moment where they're both working their normal jobs, but just kind of looking at each other like what just happened? Like, wh- where did this come from? Like, all of a sudden, we, we literally, we sold out overnight. And so even in your story of going, man, I sold $7,000 worth of this in such a short period of time. And it's like, wh- what do I do now? So at what point, as you got some traffic, you got some traction there, are you still just thinking, well, this, is, I mean, 7000 is nice little bonus, but I still have to find a new job. At what point are you starting to feel like, maybe I just, I put the architecture thing on the back burner and let's go down this online business path and see where it takes me. It was the month after that, you know, the, the money started to come in. I started to actually make more money. People started to talk about the book on forums. I was actually linked to on a lot of Green Building Council chapter sites like that. That right there was huge for me. I was like, wow, the company who actually puts on this exam is actually sort of endorsing what I've created. Like this is a huge opportunity here. But I think there are two sort of things that happened that really became the turning point in terms of what my life path was. The first one was when I went back to all the people that I talked to who had helped me get everything set up, people who were doing online business already and getting their vote of confidence and getting their sort of, yes, you're doing it right now. Here's what else you can do. You got to keep going with this. And, you know, I even brought up the the idea of getting another job just to be able to continue to do this on the side. And they're like, Pat, eight hours a day versus even half that time on your business is is gonna you're gonna make more money using your online business and just think about all the time it's opening up for you to do other things in your life and you're about to start a family too and that that was huge for me to think about as well so that that was one thing and 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 the second one was you know sort of stemming off of that was a couple months later you know i got a call from my boss this was several months later after after i was officially laid off and, and business was going fairly well i got a call from my boss who had let me go and he was like, Pat, like, dude, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? Like making sure I was good. And I was like, actually, things are going really well right now. <laughs> and, and, and he was like, Pat, like we just set up a new office. So he he left his position at the firm I was at and took a few of the people who were still there with him to create his own firm. And he was like, Pat, we have a space for you. We'll pay for your move. We'll give you a good salary. We'll give you more than you were making when you let go. We, we got some great clients. We took some clients with us and so on and so forth. And I thought about it just for a minute. And I was like, you know what? No, thank you. Thank you, but no, thank you. Yeah. And that was like me in my head saying to myself, no, you got this. You're This is your new path now. Because I envisioned what my life would have been like if I took that. And it was, you know, it was cool. And it was sort of, I would have taken it in a heartbeat before. But after discovering all these new opportunities that were out there for me and the, the possibilities, I couldn't say yes to that. Right. I was, you know. Those were the two defining moments for me. Did you feel like walking away from architecture in some ways, did you feel like all of the time that you had invested into architecture, into school, education, all of that was a waste? Great question. And a lot of times I did think that. However, I also think about where I'm at now and would it have happened if I didn't go to architecture school and you know work for four years before getting laid off? It's hard to say. But I definitely wouldn't have started a site about the lead exam, which is what really started everything. And also, I learned a lot in school, in architecture school, specifically about design and 
managing these incredible projects that take a lot of time getting you know, not ridiculed, but judged all the time about the work that I did. Those were things that I learned in architecture that directly impacted, I believe, how I became an entrepreneur and what I've been doing uh, thus far as an entrepreneur, you know, because as an entrepreneur, you put your stuff out there for people to see and use and you get, you know, praise for it sometimes and sometimes you don't. And you have to be okay with that and understand that that's part of the game. And in architecture, you know, every four weeks, we, you know, one semester of, of architecture studio, the whole semester we'd be working on one project like the whole semester was spent doing this one project but there'd be sort of milestones along the way to get to the sort of big finale at the end and uh, you know some problem that we have to design a building to for yeah. and at each of those milestones real architects from around the area would come in and we basically do a presentation and be judged on our work and they weren't the nicest of people and they were always looking for things. I mean, they were there to help us improve, of course, but I remember a lot of people crying during those jury reviews. I was not one who cried, but sometimes <laughs> I felt like it felt like doing it. But I think that taught me a lot. And so I appreciated all the time I spent in college and in architecture school. I do not think it was a waste. My biggest worry was, again, my father and wondering what he thought about my new path, because he was the one who helped me through college and you know it, I was following his path to begin with and now I was on a completely different path completely different business model and working on my own and he was the one who told me to go back to school so I could continue on the path again and uh, you know it's really cool now because he's now one of my biggest fans he reads all the comments on my blogs and even points out ones where that are spam that I miss he's like oh you missed the spammy comment on this other, <laughs> uh, on, on this post here and he listens to all my podcasts he's like incredibly supportive sometimes I have to tell him to be quiet sometimes at parties when he just is talking about my journey for me uh, and, and it's so cool to know that he's sort of proud of the you know that, that's again another thing that confirms that you know I've, I've made the right decision when you when you first told him though that you're going to walk away from architecture and do this online business thing which I, i'm with you when you when you describe it online business from the outside looking in when you know nothing about it it comes across very sleazy scammy salesy mm -hmm. uh snake oil salesman type type feel yeah. so whenever you first tell him like hey i want to leave this known reputable industry of architecture and go to this unknown seemingly slimy type industry of online business what was his reaction well, you know, I was very honest with him. I was telling him what I was up to and how well it was going. I think that helped a little bit. You know, I had some proof of concept, at least, um, or proof of actually it working my, my new path. But it wasn't, you know, who knows how long it would have gone for. Um, luckily, it's still been going strong since then. But, you know, it could have easily been a flash in the pan type of thing. But I was honest with him about my feelings about why I wanted to do it, not just what I was going to do, but why. And um, making sure to respect and, and also acknowledge the fact that I knew that he paid for college and not, you know, I, I, I was concerned about that. And I told him, you know, I felt like I needed to do stuff on my own because I did do things that I was supposed to do and still got knocked out. And it was a big blow for me. I needed to take control. And, and he was like, you know, you've always made good choices in life. And this is another choice. And I hope it's a good one, too. So I'm all for it. And so he was very supportive in his not as supportive as other people might be kind of way. Right. And, um, you know, it was only, you know, after this started gaining steam and every time I'd go to him, you know, I'd, I'd be at his house every once in a while talking and he'd be like, oh, so how'd you do this month? And I'd be like, oh, I made 15 grand this month. And he'd just be like, wow, I cannot believe that. The next month, oh, how'd you do this month? Uh, you know, we, we grossed 25,000 because we came out with an audio book to go along with the ebook. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. He's like, wow. And then eventually he was like, dude, I'm really really proud of you and I'm so happy for for you and 
you know, it's just cool to get that support from, from that's awesome. That's such a tough call to make though, especially with something like architecture that requires years and years and years of schooling. Cause there's a, there's a lot of people that reach out to me and probably you're in a similar spot with people that contact us and say, I just feel like I'm too deep in, like I can't change. I can't pivot. I'd love to go a different direction, but I just feel like I'm way too far into this to pull the plug and, and go a different direction. So, I mean, it sounds like for you though, it, it worked out where it wasn't like, no, no, no. The years of architecture school wasn't a waste. There's so many different tangible skills that I learned there that I can still apply to whatever industry, whatever business, whatever facet of life that I choose that without feeling like everything that I put in up until that point is just down the drain. Indeed. Exactly. Nice. So you start the business stuff. The and I know fast forward to today, you've got your hand like you you alluded to earlier. You've got your hand in a lot of different things. Uh, one question I've got that I think a lot of people wonder about is you're someone who has a lot of different interests, a lot of different passions, a lot of different directions you could go. So how do you pick any particular path or any t- particular project to work on over something else? I look at a number of different things when considering my options. You know, I have a whole shoebox full of ideas, actually, like a physical shoebox where every time I come up with a new idea, I don't want it to go to waste, but I write it down on a post-it note and I just stick it in there or on a note card or whatever. And then sometimes I'm at a restaurant and it's on a napkin. So it's just full of all this, all these ideas. And I wish I could do every single one of them. You know, that's who we are as entrepreneurs. We get so excited about all these new things or always new opportunities coming our way. Things are changing in the world all the time and there needs to be people out there who make things more convenient or who understand them that can help other people who have issues, pains, or problems related to those things. And uh, I want to be the one to do them all. But I also know that I need to stay focused and prioritize. And the way I prioritize a lot of those things are you know, based on how much time are they going to take and how much time do I have? That's that's a big thing. You know, a lot of times, sometimes the best decision is not to do something new and focus on what's working right now. And so that's that's been the case a lot of times as well. But, you know, luckily, because a lot of the businesses I do create, they're built in a way where you invest a lot of time up front, but then they become passive over time. It gives me opportunity to add new things to my passive income portfolio or to my set list, if you will. That's where sort of public speaking has come into play lately. I've been doing a lot of that. And, you know, I feel like that that helps me in so many ways. And I prioritize that often because not only does it help my business grow, but it also helps me grow as a person and as far as communication and things like that. But for me, whenever I go in with something, I go all in. Um, not to say everything else doesn't matter, but I go as much and hard as I can to be the best I can be with that. So with the speaking stuff, for example, I've hired coaches. I've watched at least 200 TED Talks to, and you know, note, took notes on many of them to discover, you know, what it is that I like about them and what is, what it is that I don't, what works, what doesn't, trying to find patterns of what audiences respond to and those sorts of things and implementing those things on stage myself. And then a lot of times is, you know, what will serve my audience best as well. But I think a lot, you know, probably the biggest thing is I think about what life will be like 30 years down the road and what my kids will say. What will my kids say about the certain decisions I make in my business? I mean, if ever I have a hard decision or if ever I, ever I have a huge pivot point in my business or something that seems like it would be a huge pivot point, um, I think about my kids and them having a conversation with each other or other people. And what would they say about the, the decision that I'm about to make? 
And that often guides me because I, I want to be there as a good example for them. And I want them to be able to speak about me in good light and good terms, um, of course. So, you know, I'm there to make them proud. But in doing that, I'm able to help uh, more people and make other people uh, proud as well. Yeah, I totally resonate with that. As a speaker, I've always said that, you know, if, if I if I make a difference in a bunch of other lives, but if I suck as a husband or as a father, like, forget that. It's just not yeah. worth it. So just having like a proper just frame of reference of why, like at the end of the day, if I really, really, really boil it down, why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it something to make a lot of money? Is it something so that someone will pat me on the back? Is it something that I can gain someone's approval, people I know or people that I don't know? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And is it bringing me joy? Is it bringing me satisfaction? Is it bringing me fulfillment? Or am I just becoming just this miserable shell of a human being? So just figuring out what is that, ultimately, what is that purpose of why you're doing what you're doing? So huge. You have to know where you're going to, or else you won't know what direction to take. <laughs> you For know, sure. You'll just end up working on everything, and then what ends up happening is nothing gets done. So you have to prioritize. Let's look back in time, kind of wrap up with this. Let's say sure. um, you get the kick in the gut from the boss, you go back to your apartment, fiance comes over, you're just you know, physically, emotionally, mentally just drained. L- looking at where you're at now, what advice would you give to that Pat way back in, then? Well, you know, I don't want to be cliche, but, you know, things happen for a reason. But beyond that, and something I like to believe is that, you know, oftentimes the universe or life or whoever just throws us challenges because those things will always make us stronger. If things were easy, it wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be challenging. And, you know, when things get tough, always in my life, I've considered when when I've had tough times, when whenever I've had tough times and actually did, you know, thought about those things and, and tried to break through. There's always something amazing on the other end. You know, fear is followed by fascinating things. Even when getting on stage, like I said, something that I completely feared. But once I finally did it and conquered it, it's just made a world of a difference in my business and who I am as a person and my communication skills and things like that. Proposing to my wife, that was scary and fearful. Like, that's a huge commitment, obviously. I I loved her, of course, but, you know, it's like a big deal. And that was I was scary. But so many amazing things have happened since asking her to marry me. So that's just another example. It's not just business related, but in your personal life, like sometimes there's going to be moments in your life where the unexpected happens or where you're going to fear something. But, you know, imagine watching a movie where everything went right. Like that would be a sucky movie, right? Right, for sure. (laughs) All the best movies have protagonists that go through challenges, but always make it out good on the other end. And it's always going to be good on the other end if you just keep moving forward and understand that that's just part of the process. It's a part of your movie. And the best parts of your movie are the hardest parts as well. Yeah. Definitely. So difficult to see that in the midst of it. But hindsight, you're looking back and you're like, oh, I get it. And that connected to that. And that led to this. And now, okay, I got mm-hmm. it. It all worked out. You know, For but sure. I, there's a book I just finished reading by Ryan Holiday called The Obstacles the Way. Yeah talks all about this and you know historical figures famous people who have gone through the same things and who have used those tough times to their advantage great stuff pat really appreciate the time man uh you've been a huge influence just to me and uh and and our business and and, uh trying to build something that's you know passive but at the same time something that's making a difference making a little dent in the world so uh, appreciate that and and uh, appreciate the taking the time here Absolutely. You rock, Grant. Thanks for having me, everybody. Hey, for people who uh, want to find out more about you or follow you, learn from uh, learn from you online, where can we go? Yeah, two spots really quick. Smartpassiveincome.com would be the best place. Everything else I do is connected there. And also on Twitter, at Pat Flynn. If you heard this, I'd love to just 
know that you heard this and I'll say hi back, I promise, at Pat Flynn. Yeah, definitely stop by and check him out both on, on Twitter and on smartpassiveincome.com. Really, really great information. So if you're just if you're thinking about dabbling in an online business, whatever format that looks like for you, podcasting, blogging, whatever that form may take, make sure you stop by and check that out. Really great information there. So Pat, great to chat with you, man. Enjoyed it. And we'll talk soon. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Pat Flynn. Really great story and a guy who, you know, really went through some significant adversity there of being laid off, being let go and being probably at the at the bottom point of life and just feeling like I don't what do, what do I do from here? But uh, feeling like, uh, you know, I don't have to go back into the path that I've always known. Maybe I can try something totally different, something new, something that's uh, intriguing and exciting at that time. So obviously, that's what he's done. Obviously, he's been extremely successful at that. So make sure you stop by. You check out not only Pat's site at uh, smartpassiveincome.com. Lots of great information there. If you're looking to, to get into podcasting, blogging, any of that stuff, he's a great, great guy on the mic and off the mic just to uh, to learn from. So make sure that you, you check his stuff out. You can also go to uh, get all the show notes, links, everything we discussed today at grantbaldwin.com slash patflow. Flynn. That's Flynn with two N's. So make sure you uh, you swing by and check that out. Hey, I mentioned to you at the top of the show, uh, we're going to be hosting a, uh, a free webinar next week on uh, September the 10th. So you're going to want to be a part of that. We're just doing a free Q&A. We, we get a lot of emails and questions from people. So thought it'd be fun to just bring the community together and just do a free Q&A webinar next week. I've got nothing to sell, no strings attached, nothing at all other than just, I just want to hang out with you. I want to chat with you. So we're going to be doing it on a, a Google Hangout. So you do have to uh, reserve your seat though. Okay, We've got a limited number of seats. So you want to make sure you do that. You can go to grantbaldwin.com slash webinar. Again, that's grantbaldwin.com slash webinar and uh, reserve your spot there. We may be doing these from time to time, but I don't know when the next one is. So if you want to get in, get in on this one. Again, grantbaldwin.com slash webinar to reserve your seat there. And uh, we'll just hang out. We'll chat. Fire away with any questions you've got related to a podcasting business, picking a career, starting a business, speaking, life. If you've got questions about me or who I am, what I do, my family, any of that stuff, maybe maybe I'll have one of my little girls. Maybe uh, they'll make an appearance. I'll, I'll flash their face up there and uh, let them show their cuteness. They get their cuteness from their mom because uh, I still got my cuteness. <laughs> oh, that was lame. I'm sorry about that. I may have to edit that out, but I'll probably leave it in. So, uh, yeah, that wraps up uh, today's episode. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, as always, you can feel free to email me at grant at grantbaldwin.com if there's anything I can do for you. Uh, we'd always love to hear from you. Also, one more shout out to our uh, today's sponsor for 99designs.com. Listen, if you are looking to have a logo design, if you're looking to have a, a business card design, a website, any type of just quality, professional-looking design, make sure that you stop by, you check them out. They are the largest online marketplace for graphic design. They have over 300 15,000 registered designers from literally all over the world. It's a way to get a, a better design, better logo for a lot less. So make sure that you you check that out. You can go to 99designs.com slash grant and get a $99 power pack of services for free. $99 power pack of services for free. Why would you not do that? Go do that. 99designs.com slash grant. All right, that wraps up this episode. Make sure again that you stop by. Check out grantbaldwin.com slash webinar. Register for that uh, Q&A, that hangout that we will be having next week. We will see you on that. And hopefully we will see you this week with episode 34. So that'll be coming at you in a couple days. So we will talk to you again real soon. You're awesome. Keep being awesome. Peace out. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.